different points of view bring different thoughts. Why do you not listen to different points of view? Because they bring solutions. And one way of thinking doesn't work. Lots of ways of thinking brings lots of solutions. That's what we're about. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. You're joined by your two favorite co-hosts. I'm Adam Moore here with Chloe Goodry-Reed. And in today's episode, we're sitting down in studio with Dennis George of Kroger and Andrew Geiger of Duke Energy. Andrew is the Supplier Engagement and Diversity Manager for Duke Energy, supporting renewables, transformation, and customer delivery operations. Dennis manages the company's renewable energy acquisition, gas and electric contracts, utility agreements, regulatory intervention, and related matters. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. It's so good to have both of you all here with us today. Thank you for having us. And we don't want to make any assumptions that everybody knows exactly what it is that you do, even though I think that for the most part, people probably are very familiar with Duke Energy and very familiar with Kroger. But just so we can set the stage, can you both tell us a little bit about your organizations? I'll be happy to start. Kroger Co. is a one of America's largest grocery stores. We have nearly 2,800 grocery stores now under a great many banner names and folks on the west side of the country probably know us by everything except Kroger, like Smith's or Fry's or Dillon or King Super or City Market or Rouse or Food for Less or Fred Meyer or QFC. Uh, we have just a few. We have a great, yeah, a great many names. That's why we don't sponsor a stadium. By the time we announce all the names at the end of the first quarter, too much. Yeah. Uh, we have, but we have, uh, we are a, we're probably the, maybe a Fortune 10 company that a lot of people don't even realize is, is a Fortune 10 company with mm. well over $150 billion of annual sales now. Yeah. Uh, 2,800 uh, grocery stores, but also uh, 36 manufacturing plants, nearly 80 distribution centers, uh, a total energy usage of uh, 7.2 million megawatt hours. So a significant mm. energy user in all the parts of the country where we operate, which isn't everywhere, but a lot of them. So Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Andrew, how about you and Duke? Uh, yeah, Duke Energy is one of the largest electric utility and gas uh, companies uh, in the United States. Uh, we are a supplier of energy to Kroger, and we uh, appreciate their business as being one of our leading customers. Uh, but a little bit of 
energy uh, regulated territory is uh, in seven states. North Carolina, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is the headquarters, but North Carolina, South Carolina, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and Florida and Tennessee are our locations. We have subsidiaries with Piedmont Natural Gas. We have uh, commercial operations in Duke Energy Solutions, REC Solar, and a number of other entities as well. Uh, our primary uh, pro uh, product is the delivery of energy services to our residential as well as commercial customers. And um, we're proud of, of, of being a supplier to companies like Kroger's as well as, as other entities as well. Well, we wanted to utilize this time. You know, a lot of times when we're talking to corporations or sometimes younger corporations who are trying to figure out what does supplier diversity mean to our organization and how important is it and how serious should we take it, we really wanted to talk um, a little bit and showcase the relationship, the customer relationship, and how that is really driving some of the requirements, some of the contracting, some of the language, but also the relationship as well as companies start to think about what it means and looking at their clients and their competitors. So I wanted to just kind of hear, Dennis, well, I just wanted to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what is Kroger doing in the world of supplier diversity and how important is that to, to Kroger? Mm -hmm. Supplier diversity. Our commitment as a company is to have our associates reflect the population of this country and our customers, mm -hmm. yeah. our vendors to reflect our customers and our energy providers to reflect our customers and customer base. Uh, we have, in, in 2021, uh, we did a little over $4 billion a year in diversity wow. business. Uh, our goal, thank you, our goal is $10 billion by 2030. That's, Thanks. I realize, more, business, more diversity business than a lot of people have business. And, uh, right. Yeah, that right. Is, that is very much a part of our of our goal. Yeah. So we uh, we look at Kroger overall, a huge commitment to, mm -hmm. to diversity vendors in that regard. The mm -hmm. same way as with our associates and our customers and everything else. Right. And so that is that sets the standard for me as the energy person to try to follow suit. Mm. Uh, so it's right. what we're doing in, in uh, energy simply is a subset of the company's commitment to diversity mm -hmm. vendors nationwide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice. That, that, is, that is excellent. And then talk to us a little bit, if, if you don't mind, about those numbers, right? Like you said, $4 billion is what some people just hope to generate. You know, that might be their entire operating budget for two or three years, right? And that's what you're spending with just diverse suppliers. And I love it that you're talking about that. That is a subset. You're a subset of that overall spend. Can you talk to us a little bit about the coordination that takes to get to that type of number, right? Because I know a lot of us that are supplier diversity managers, you know, we're chasing people all over the place and trying to work on spend and that type of thing. But give us just a brief overview of how Kroger got to such an audacious number as $4 billion in spend. And then, but you're not stopping there, right? You, you guys are like, that's still not good enough. We're going to get to 10. On, on the way to 10. Right. We have a dedicated supplier diversity area department. Uh, Angel Colon is the uh, director of the department. Uh, he has fingers in all aspects of the company's operations, direct and indirect, cost of goods, everything. We also have uh, 
a diversity manager, Stephanie Dutton, embedded in uh, our sourcing group. And so it is it is part and parcel with what we do. It is ingrained in the organization. It's woven into the fabric. Um, any category, direct, indirect, cost of goods, uh, it's a consideration we have. If you go to the Kroger website, www.thekrogerco.com, uh, there, there are directions of registering as a diversity supplier uh, in our supplier system and with our diversity group. Um, part of the, Mr. Cologne's duties is to, to bring, identify, and uh, develop vendors for us to consider. Because uh, even though we are very committed to that, we also are, are in an extremely competitive market selling groceries. So we always have to be price competitive, but we also want to be committed, continue our commitment to our diversity. And so a fine line perhaps, but it takes resources and we all work to make that happen as part of each of the businesses uh, for which we are responsible. That is wonderful. And Andrew, we'd love to hear from you just on, on Duke. And I then I want to bring it full circle just to the renewables yes. and specifically talk about Kroger and Duke's relationship. Sure. Yeah. Duke Energy uh, Supply Diversity is, it starts at the top with our CEO, Lynn Good, and throughout our organization. Our ESG strategy is one that is one of inclusion, whether it's in the, the people employ the dollars that we spend with with, with suppliers uh, the organizations that we sponsor we want to make sure that we are very inclusive in all of our activities that's a reflection of our customers we know that our customers as well as our stakeholders like our investors as well as those regulators who regulate our business they have keen interest in uh, supplier diversity and making sure that we are inclusive in our uh, procurement practices so uh, we're very intentional about it we spent $1.6 billion with diverse uh, suppliers on, uh, in 2021. Uh, uh, most of that was tier one, a little less than one, one billion was tier one. Um, the art was tier two through subcontracting. Um, our goal is to become a part of the billion dollar round table, uh, which includes $1 billion of spend with diverse owned businesses who are certified by NMSDC, National Minority Supply Development Council, or WeBank, Women Business Enterprise National Council, or the National Association of Veteran Business Owners. So uh, those are our primary focus areas, but our program also includes uh, LBGT, uh, service-able veterans, um, uh, disability suppliers as well, as well as HUBZone. So we have a keen focus on uh, inclusion. And that really starts with our supply chain uh, team and uh, the bidding process. We have a, a process that's called corporate responsibility. And corporate responsibility has three tenets. One is supplier diversity. The second is local uh, economic development. And the third is sustainable mm. business practices. We look at all three of those criteria when it comes to bid evaluation just to be sure that suppliers that we are bringing on board they uh, match uh, meet match our values as a company. Uh, so you know we're, we're proud to provide energy services to our customers, whether commercial or residential. Uh, and it's always an honor to uh, to support any needs in terms of reliable reliable energy, and uh, particularly when it comes to renewables 
as we look at our future and, and how we bring all that together. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. So, so Dennis, with, if, when we talk about just the renewables space, you know, what are some of the conversations or requirements that you mm-hmm. have of some of your customers? You know, when we think about Duke and others that you're working with, how, how do you guys sort of communicate that upfront and also just talk to us about, you know, what it means or how it looks to Kroger if you're working with a tier one supplier or if a supplier is competing against some work and one has a program versus one that doesn't and how you weigh that in terms of making your mm-hmm. decision to move forward with them. Well, and let's, there's a lot there. So let's unpack that a little bit, yeah. but, I'll, but I'll start at the beginning for us. We have a goal now of reducing our carbon footprint by 30% versus a 2018 base uh, to achieve by 2030. Wouldn't be surprised if that gets higher and I'm managing it like a 100% goal someday. So we're, we're just well on our way. That's just mm-hmm. a, a one stop on the journey, I'm sure. Um, so we are committed to reducing our carbon footprint, have been for the 20 some years I've been here. We mm-hmm. just didn't always call it carbon footprint, but uh, we have been reducing our overall energy usage for 20 years uh, to the point now where our average KWH per square foot electricity usage for a store is now more than 50% less than it was in 2000. That's impressive. Great. That's very impressive. It is indeed. Thank you. Um, it's been a tremendous journey, but we've touched everything, touched them a few times, lighting, refrigeration, HVAC, associated habits, and everything else. Uh, uh, whether green or brown or whatever color we want to put on our power, uh, the most sustainable KWH is the one we do not use. And we have been excellent in that category. Once you get over 50%, it starts getting a little bit harder because their grocery store still uses a lot of energy. Um, And so we now turn our uh, attention far more than before to the supply side. About two-thirds of our electricity usage nationwide is in regulated markets. Uh, Folks like Duke in the Carolinas and uh, Indiana and other places. And so we, we uh, we need them to get more sustainable, get more green, and still stay affordable. Um, it's uh, My speech to them is pretty much the same speech that uh, you know, our customers giving to us. They want, they want us to be more green. They want us to be more mm-hmm. sustainable. But they also mm-hmm. want bananas to be 29 cents a pound and milk <laughs> to be $1.99 a gallon. Right, yeah. right. So uh, we, uh, we need it all, too. They want it all. Mm-hmm. We need it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it puts it, it puts a requisite degree of pressure on utilities such as Duke, AEP, and others to the to, to maintain that. So we're always working with them to express our needs and try to find the best way to do that. A third of our usage is in deregulated markets: Ohio, Texas, California, Illinois, and other places. We work with our um, third-party supplier to start structuring green energy transactions and weave those in to our long-term supply, supply contracts and start introducing uh, renewable energy that way. We've had several deals close over the last couple of years, several more pending, 
There will be more after that. Just layering them in layer by layer to uh, get to the percentages we need or more and do it in a, uh, in a way that is mindful of our economy, uh, of our price structure, but also uh, uh, pays attention to local uh, structures. We want our renewable energy to be where our stores are. So we don't want, we're, we're not like some companies that are trying to turn the entire Texas panhandle into a solar field. No, that's, that's right. That's, that's great uh, if they want to do it, but that's not where we have stores. And we want our mm-hmm. renewable renewable energy to be where our customers work, uh, where local economy is strong, um, where we can show it in some cases. And right. we we also have uh, uh, a number of places where we have site solar, where we've integrated it into our our customer base. Best example of that is in Arizona. We have solar parking structures uh, mm-hmm. at several stores. They provide shade to our customers. And if you've ever tried shopping for groceries in Arizona, shade is kind of important. Yes, it is. Um, and at the same time, <laughs> produces electricity to, to help support what's going on inside the store. It's a great way to show our commitment. It's a great way mm-hmm. to support our customers. There's yeah. no one more important than our customers. We do it for right. them. Uh, so we're looking for ways that are maybe different than the ways some of some folks are approaching it, but uh, it's part of our op- our organization. It's part of who we are. We want to show it, and we want it to work for our customers as well. So mm-hmm. lots of different approaches, site and off-site, regulated, deregulated. Nothing's mm-hmm. off limits. We're hitting it all. I, I love answers like that. Nothing's off limits. So, Andrew, as as Duke Energy, right, Dennis is going to come to you and say, hey, I want it all uh, and I want it to be green. How do you and, and I want Walmart to pay for it? And Oh, <laughs> I like this. I, you and I are going to have to have an off, an off air conversation, Dennis, on how to get that to happen. Some of my leadership would be very interested in that, too. Yeah, that might be one to strike. I don't know. <laughs> so so Andrew comes to you. I mean, Dennis. Uh, this comes to you, Andrew, with, with this, this list. And how does Duke Energy then, how do you look at your supplier base and your diverse supplier base and go, okay, so we've got to be more green, right? How, what does that conversation look like for you when your customer comes to you and says, I, I need this and I need it at this price point and I can't take no for an answer? Well, we use what's called a power purchase agreement. We put those in place with our customers with an understanding mm-hmm. of their needs. Uh, reliability yeah. mm-hmm. a big role in that as well. Uh, we definitely want to meet our, our customer needs uh, in terms of meeting their <clears throat> energy requirements. So it, it starts from a supply chain standpoint, you know, what available suppliers we have to uh, help make this project come true, to fulfill the need of the So um, supplier development in terms of diverse suppliers is a big thing because when you think about or renewables, there's not a lot of suppliers in the space that can do a lot of um, what I call on the upper end of, of, of heavy generation here. Uh, solar projects that's greater than 50, uh, 50 uh, megawatts or, or whatever. So what we do is develop suppliers we already have is one approach that we have. Uh, how can we grow those existing suppliers? And what one good example of that is the supplier we have is called Wanzac. 
Wanzak is very big for us in the, in the wind space. They were uh, build our wind turbines across the United States for us. Uh, but we bought them in to, uh, on a few solar projects as well and was able to grow and expand their business to do more solar. Um, Hispanic-owned business, part of the Tech family. Uh, but we work with intensely over the year, over the years. Also, we work with some smaller companies as well, um, doing whether it's rooftop solar. We have a division called REC Solar, in which we work with diverse suppliers there with that particular company. Uh, and also, we have some requirements from our utility commission to do some smaller projects um, in various parts of the service territory. So we may do something like parking garages. Uh, solar on top of a, a museum, uh, as well as rooftop solar for customers like a, a Kroger or, or, or whoever. So uh, there are a lot of moving parts in that and meeting those customer needs, understanding what that power demand is and how Duke Energy can satisfy that. So that's where it all begins with that conversation of understanding the customer needs and, and meeting those needs. And, and also looking around the corner, what's next? What's in terms of technology? Uh, obviously, supply chain issues are big for us now uh, when it comes to what's happening um, in China, as well as South Korea with, with panels. Uh, there's some log jams there that we have to iron out. Uh, when it comes to battery storage, is another part of it in storing that energy because the sun is not shining 24 hours a day. How can we work with the customers to have backup systems? To, you know, to capture that energy as well as redeploy it at other times when the sun isn't shining. So we work with them in many creative ways to meet those customers' uh, demands. And and to prove that's not just talk, our largest mm-hmm. site solar energy rooftop system is at our La Habra Bakery in California, built mm. by REC Solar. That is awesome. I think one of the things that we um, that I think is most impressive about this relationship is that you guys form came together around some of these requirements and then formed Dice. So, so tell us a little bit more about Dice and what this initiative is all about. I'll start, and, and Andrew can chip in. Okay. Dice: uh, diversity and inclusion in clean energy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. The the brainchild of Amy Bond at T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. She shared that, uh, and Amy's, I would say my equivalent, but that would be such an insult to Amy. But um, <laughs> she's in charge of uh, renewable energy acquisition and other I- items at. Mobile. She, mm-hmm. she had this thought of banding together customers and utilities in the common interest of promoting diversity vendors in the clean er- energy area. Um, she hooked up with Cheryl Comer mm-hmm. and Irving Sloan uh, from Duke Energy, who are uh, our common account representatives. And between Microsoft, T-Mobile, Kroger, uh, Duke, SoCal Edison, and a number of diversity vendors, we have created DICE. Mm. Uh, the mission of DICE is twofold. Number one is a very practical matter of creating a national database of diversity clean energy vendors, because one of the driving forces of this uh, from Amy and my viewpoint is, okay, we, we want to buy more clean energy. We want to buy it from diversity vendors. Who are they? Where are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What, what can they do? Where do I go? And not having a good answer for that. And uh, we figure a lot, of, as we talk to a lot of people, a lot of people are in the very same position. And this 
goes to large utilities as well. Uh, not not all diversity vendors can bid into a large renewable energy RFP, for instance, or if they do, they run into a lot of obstacles. Um, so we wanted to create this national database, populate it, get everybody in there. Microsoft is uh, sponsoring it. Uh, the database will be available to anybody who wants to tap into it, anybody who wants to use it to find their diversity clean energy vendor so that we can get people connected to get business done. So that's number one, and that is a work in progress. Number two, because people like me love to hear their voice on podcasts and webinars and conferences. Uh, we are- You fit in so well here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, um, we're volunteering our time and efforts on podcasts, conferences, uh, to promote the issue and promote the cause, most importantly, of diversity vendors. The obstacles they face, the hurdles they see, yeah. uh, uh, the issues of environmental justice, the concepts around that, bringing clean energy not only to diversity vendors, but diversity neighborhoods that have historically been subjected to environmental injustice and mm. make all of that happen. So we're speaking to everybody and anybody. Uh, we've done podcasts, webinars. Uh, Irving Sloan and Cheryl allowed us to get a a uh, panel at the Edison Ed, Edison Energy Institute, Edison Electric Institute major account conference last fall. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's where it's where uh, energy folks uh, in the large companies like mine get together with all the utility uh, account managers twice a year and talk about our business. Uh, we got a prime time panel there. Everybody got to hear the stories and we let the diversity vendors tell their story. Um, no one's going to listen to me any more than they have to, but to hear <laughs> Dana Claire Redden talk about her solar stewards program or hear mm -hmm. um, Gilbert Campbell talk uh, from Bolt Energy, talk about the arrangement with Microsoft uh, for he, his company to build their EV charging fleet, tremendous stories of success, plus identifying the obstacles to success and bring people together to talk about opportunities. So it's it's been rewarding because I'm pursuing business interests with some of those folks. I'm um, it's certainly consistent with what Kroger wants to do as a company from both renewable energy and diversity viewpoints. Mm -hmm. um, we're all in the same boat here. It's a cause that talking about opposes and uh, it's a matter mm -hmm. of getting things done. This is the way to get things done. So it's been a, it's been a tremendous initiative We're we're far from being done with it, uh, but it's building and uh, it's amazing how many um, diversity energy vendors there are number one and number two, mm -hmm. how many organizations trying uh, to support that cause and three, just the amount of cooperation amongst all those groups to promote the common cause. And it mm -hmm. is one where while uh, we are, you know, we're like family with, with Duke, the downside is we're like family with Duke and uh, <laughs> families, yeah. families have some disagreements now and again, sure. uh, let's, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but a cause like this, um, we're aligned. And that's uh, awesome. we, yeah. we drop the arguments and do what needs to be done. And there's an educational component to DICE as well. Uh, so you need to understand 
where the opportunities are within renewables, the new evolving uh, spaces within renewable, but some of the traditional stuff, it may be a little easier for them to get into because um, mm. uh, the land developed for those energy projects. We still uh, right. need uh, panels cleaned, uh, vegetation managed on those projects. So it doesn't necessarily happen right. in the construction part of it itself. It can be in the servicing of it as well. It could be studies, animal studies, to make sure that our impact is, is minimal when it comes to wind or solar. So there are a lot of areas that many suppliers may not think about, maybe closely related to what they are doing now, that there may be some opportunities for them to expand their business into the renewable space. Um, whether it's right. your traditional substation, uh, that's needed at a solar site. Uh, so um, just right. many, many, many opportunities, just getting the education out there so folks are aware. Here's how I can expand my business. Mm-hmm. Or here's how I can grow with Duke, with Kroger, uh, with some of our other partners. I love that. Yeah, that's, love that's that. absolutely right. And we've talked about educational opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Going going to the high schools and the trade schools to mm. to convince people that learning how That's to nice. build renewable energy systems provides jobs both in right. urban and rural settings, and uh, the the trade schools that can to produce that and support programs to 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 bring folks up, uh, and we've expanded it to include um, folks who deal in real estate and mm. transactional lawyers and everything else that goes into a solar energy deal, site, offsite. Uh, it's, it's an incredible network. It takes a lot of folks to do it. And uh, we're, we're, we're identifying it and making it all work. I love that. I love how you guys have come together to yeah. collaborate and solve this problem that you, you see happening all over, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're not solved yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> we're, well, it's well on the way because yeah, the thing exactly. is, is people like, will often complain, complain, complain about how something is not the way they want it, mm-hmm. but then don't take the extra steps to build. So, so yeah, right. it's not, it's, it's flawed, it's broken. So what are we going to do about it? And then when right. you ask them to actually put their money where their mouth is, that's when people are like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. And I, I, that's just, it's, it's such a heavy lift. And you know, I, I just mm-hmm. don't know if we can pull everyone together it's just objection after objection but you guys have actually Mm -hmm. taken the time to pull this group together to to build up and 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 actually identify some of these suppliers based on Mm -hmm. your organizational needs there are many instances not necessarily with duke energy it's with our our prime contractors holding them accountable that they offer some yeah to small diverse owned businesses and and making and making sure that they are actually a part of the outreach because uh, they mm. it as well to make sure that, uh, bidding opportunities are made available. Uh, they understand uh, what's happening, particularly within their local communities. Uh, the local aspect is big as well, because w- when mm-hmm. Duke Energy name on a solar facility that's close to their homes, they want to feel confident that it's, you know, everything's safe. Uh, it's yeah. getting jobs. Yeah. It's a, a plus for the community. And so all that mm-hmm. plays a role. Anytime we set up a new facility uh, within our our service territory, when I mean, th- those questions come up, there's going to there's going to be uh, you know town hall meetings about it. You know what's in it for us? 
which, which those communities mm-hmm. should be asking those questions. So we want to be, be yeah. it is very beneficial. It's clean. Um, and even dealing with some of our older technologies involving coal and other aspects, as we go about cleaning that up, won't diversifiers be a part of those solutions as well? So while it is about mm-hmm. the right. in, the, in, the, in the, that clean energy future that we seek, we're also going back and addressing some of the issues of the past and getting diverse suppliers involved in that as well. Wow, yeah. that's that's amazing. And so, what I'm uh, one of the things that really struck me is, you know, Dennis, you're talking about how Dice is a a database that you guys are like we're compiling it. Just come and, you know, do your search, find find these folks that can that can help you in your you know your renewable energy source. That is such a flip of the script when it comes to databases right especially for those of us in corporate america right we're very much used to as diverse supplier you know professionals like oh well you know if you have a subscription then you can search our database or if if you Mm -hmm. you know join our industry group then you can search our database but dice is like come one come all We're, we're here to help that's such a new model i mean what was kind of the genesis behind that right uh as we talked to lots of organizations, everybody's got their list, right? Mm-hmm. That they yeah. accumulated. And uh, instead of trying to fight to get everyone's little bit, little list here, little list there, yeah. the only, uh, we realized the only way to get this done was to make information available to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only way to make it work. Is everyone's got to have the same information. Everyone has to have as much information as possible. And uh, a lot of that is just getting everyone's agreement to, to share their list, tap into it, weed out the duplicates, and continue to build and, and make it available to the backside. So it's, you know, it's, it's the old adage, you, if you give, you generally get more. So if someone gives mm-hmm. up the few names in their database, they get an an entire national database back. And for the folks collecting these names, that's a great investment. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's there's no downside to it. It's because everyone's committed to this cause. It's a little different when, um, yeah, yeah, it's hard to make comparisons to other things, but yeah, all the streaming services, all the subscription Mm -hmm. stuff, Mm. information is power. Right. And that's right. why people right. hold it. That's why it has a value. Well, mm-hmm. this information is powerful, but it's powerful by disseminating it. And so mm-hmm. it, it's it may be more like uh, the drug companies that aren't uh, patenting the, the COVID vaccines and things of that nature. Maybe not, not enough no knowledge of that to say for sure. But something of this common value to everyone, it has to be made available or else what are we doing? Nice. Oh, I was going to add. For, for the database that we're creating, more much more interactive at interactivity between uh, the supplier as as well as the companies who's looking to procure their product or services. Want them to be able to demonstrate easily products that they've complete projects they've completed. Uh, more about their company, have been the ability to conversate back and forth between uh, supplier as well as the, the user. So um, we're pushing that type of innovation as well, what you see in LinkedIn or, or some of the other databases as well. And, and that's why it's important to have a partner like Microsoft on board who owns LinkedIn uh, to help us what is just a database itself. We want it to be a very interactive tool where information can yeah. be found, but also examples of 
previous work done it can be easily seen too that can spur conversations that's needed and i love that it's available cuz i mean it's just it, you're it shows that you're actually thinking about the ecosystem more than the profit pieces of mm-hmm. it as you mm-hmm. initially think about how you want this to to roll out and what you want this to be and i think when you put that at the forefront everybody mm-hmm. wins agreed the financial pieces follow yep yep not to spend too much time on the database but you know i am a data geek so it's just kind of fun <laughs> uh but so how do you guys determine who's in the database in the way of diverse suppliers right is this i have to have done work with dennis or andrew first and then i get added to the database or if i am a diverse supplier and i have the latest and greatest renewable widget i can reach out and say hey i would like to be added to your database how does how does someone get added to to this list Andrew, I'm going to defer to you. Uh, yes, it's, <laughs> it is open. So, uh, yeah, we want to know about what's out there. Having the concept of only uh, providing information about suppliers you know is, you know, it's kind of closing the door to, to possibilities. Uh, there's a lot of innovation happening in the marketplace. We want to be at the forefront of, of understanding what's out there and how it can benefit our business because at the end of the day, helping to meet that customer needs is, 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 is first priority. Uh, when it comes to a customer like Kroger, we know that they want energy, they want it clean, they want it reliable, and they want it affordable. Uh, but we need partners to help us get there. So suppliers play a major role in that. So we want to know what their capabilities are. And yeah. the idea behind the system is the structure that that, that information is easily and readily available uh, to the users. Absolutely. And everyone has different standards for certifying vendors. Um, right. And so we're, we're not validating we're not vetting we're not filtering sure Uh, but we'll make sure folks who don't know about the nmbc certification we'll hopefully give them a link so they can go over and get certified and maybe the link to the kroger diversity registration site and what have you so that um, they can address that because certification is a costly step for a lot of uh, diversity vendors right just Mm -hmm a step that others don't have to do, which is a, a, mm. a, a step against them to begin with. Right. But oh. one, that, one that many, mm-hmm. one that many require. And so, uh, but to the extent we can facilitate, at least facilitate where that is to help that happen is another step in, in assisting the process. And one of our other partner process is a American association of black Self in energy is, is helping host the site uh, for <clears throat> dice. Uh, and they play a pivotal role as well. Uh, and working with those with NMSDC, EEI, there are a lot of partners we're pulling into into this fray to, to make it all come together. Uh, but they all play a, a definitely very important role in uh, in executing the strategy. Uh, one of the front end pieces of our website is there's information out there about uh, the various corporate members and their leadership, our commitment to renewable suppliers and, and getting them on board, having them understand the, the, the process so they can navigate that corporate that corporate web to get to, to the person they need to speak to. So uh, we're trying to be very innovative when it comes to just making the process easier for the supplier to provide the information as well as easier for the user to, to uh, obtain it. And so when we talk about these suppliers and, you know, them, you know, they get to a place where they've connected with everyone. They've won these contracts with you guys. You're working through things. 
can you talk to us a little bit about how working with diverse suppliers enables both your companies to impact the communities that you support? And I know you talked a little bit about job creation and clean energy, but are you guys tracking that or how do you guys really kind of know what some of the impact is that, that you're having on the communities? Uh, yes, that's in the bidding process. It comes down to corporate responsibility, as I mentioned before, where yeah. if you're a diverse supplier, mm. we're automatically putting you into the bidding process and giving you credit for it. If you're not a diverse supplier, we're looking for you to subcontract with diverse suppliers also from a local standpoint as well. So you get points if you're a local supplier, you get points if you're, if you, if you're a diverse supplier, uh, that's part of that mix. It's all part of our, our bid evaluation. So in most bid situations, you have the technical aspect of it, you have the commercial or piece, but then we have add this other element of corporate responsibility where all those items come together that I mentioned, that's all part of the overall strategy to ensure that, you know, diversity, one, is at the table in the bidding process. But two, on the back end, you know, that we follow through. Uh, if it's if the winner is, that's awarded the contract is non-diverse, what does your subcontracting look look like? If the right, then we're, we're working with them to help them understand our business, to make sure they understand how to do business the Duke way. Um, so we have a role in their hands, make sure that, you know, it's a new supplier, we brought them on board, and um, they have a role in, in, in making sure they're successful. I would, I would add a different perspective, which is uh, there are a number of diversity vendors that are bringing ideas to us that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. thought of in a thousand nice. years. Um, you just expand the pool of mm-hmm. creative thinking, you get that much more creative thought. And uh, my mind goes to um, Solar Stewards. Uh, Dana Claire Redden's uh, one of the principals there, uh, and their idea of uh, Solar Rex. And you can, uh, her website's available. You can look that up. A very uh, a fascinating, unique, innovation, innovative approach to allow companies like Kroger purchase Rex in a way that helps support solar energy development. Uh, of diversity vendors as well as mm-hmm. solar energy usage by mm-hmm. uh, communities and puts it puts mm-hmm. it all together in a way that nobody else has brought to us before and it's a fascinating concept and one i'm uh, i'm approving so different points of view bring I different thoughts why do you not why do you not listen to different points of view because they bring solutions and one way of thinking Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Lots of ways of thinking brings lots of solutions. That's what we're about. I absolutely love that. Because you hear a lot of times companies talk about that when they are thinking of just diversity internally and why diversity internally in our talent pool is needs to be diverse. But I love to hear that, yes, it's driving innovation on the supplier side and within the supply chain as well. And having mm-hmm. these conversations and diversity of skill sets and backgrounds allows that and creating this ecosystem with DICE really allows mm-hmm. this to flourish and to, um, I mean, we'll see. I'm excited to see how everything continues to develop and all of the outcomes uh, mm-hmm. of DICE. I mean, this is just such an amazing awesome. initiative that you guys have. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you. you know, when I am sure that, you know, in, at, with at Duke, you guys have also, you know, audacious goals. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things that we've talked about um, with, you know, some of our guests in the past is how do you balance, you know, helping develop the suppliers, the diverse suppliers that you're already working with versus trying to source new ones? Yes. For us, it's supplier development. It's a two-pronged approach. You have to have, so for the new suppliers uh, coming on board, utility experience uh, carries you a long way in our industry. Um, we look for, we're dealing with a very dangerous product in, in providing energy. <laughs> uh, particularly if they're uh, out in the field working on power lines. But that's a whole different uh, set of criteria there where safety is first and utmost to us. So we need one capable suppliers. So having them understand what the requirements are, how to get uh, certified as a safe supplier, um, diverse or otherwise, is, is paramount to us. Uh, and then identify those suppliers, have them meet internal stakeholders and uh, understand what the need is, how you go about obtaining a Duke contract, and, and just working with and hold, holding their hands with those suppliers who we know are ready. So for our existing suppliers, uh, we look to expand them, whether it's within their current uh, variety of service or product offerings from one area to another. If you think about a utility, we buy a little bit of everything, every product and service you can. So how can we help that existing supplier expand from one territory to another? If they're providing service for us in the Carolinas, can they provide it in the Midwest? Uh, are they uh, able to grow? Or if they're providing services related to the transmission of power, can they provide services related to the distribution of power um, from an electrical standpoint? Uh, or even from a, an office setting, what our needs may be for professional services, um, or if it's IT. There are three areas that our company is really growing in uh, that we're really spending money. One is, is doing coal ash um, remediation, the big part of it, uh, old fuels that we uh, concentrated on in the past and getting those cleaned up, tremendous opportunity there. We're also doing what's called grid hardening. We're making our system stronger and more resilient against storms, uh, particularly being in the Florida market, Carolinas, where we're more susceptible to hurricane. And in that's where very cold, frigid temperatures we have to have a reliable system to keep the Kroger's of the world going. Um, so suppliers play a vital, vital, vital role in, in, in helping us execute strategy. Um, and uh, renewables is the big area that we're really spending money. We're announcing um, renewable projects <laughs> pretty frequently and all uh, all over the country. We have a regulated uh, operations uh, that operates within our seven regulated state territories. But we also have a commercial operations will provide uh, those energy services across the country, whether it's wind, solar, biomass. Um, we're involved in a number of projects, and but we, we partner with our customers to understand their needs uh, and also the needs to have diverse suppliers help us grow. That's awesome. That is wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank yeah. you so much for joining us, Dennis and Andrew. This has been very insightful. My pleasure. Make sure to check out our previous episodes if you haven't already and continue to support the podcast. Also, be sure to check us out on LinkedIn at Higher Ground and stay tuned for all of our upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. 
Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.